You, you are, now are now tuned into the Fusebox Radio Broadcast with DJ Fusion and John Judah. Syndicated worldwide to bring real, real black radio back <laughs> to the masses. All right, everybody, one, two, one, two, what's going on? You're now in tune to another session of the syndicated Worldwide Fusebox Radio Broadcast with DJ Fusion and John Judah. Since 1998, whether it's on your FM dial, internet radio station, podcast, or website, bringing you a slice of what we call 21st century black radio to the masses. What we call talk about black radio, we're not talking about you hearing the same 25 songs and one or two little bits of gossip or news, and we just call it a day. We keep things diverse with all the music that we throw on, so you'll hear hip-hop, soul, funk, jazz, reggae, and a whole bunch of other good stuff, as well as different bits of news, commentary, interviews, and all of that good stuff. Shout out to all of our broadcast affiliates who are down at the Fusebox Radio Sound. You can check out the latest list over at BlackRadioIsBack.com, our official blog. And yep, let's um, get into what we're going to do this week for um, the show. You got myself, DJ Fusion, on the mix and um, commentary. And on the side, you got my bro, John Judah. What's going on, man? Yeah, freaking high, ladies and gentlemen. Of course, Nappy Von Funker back in the building. Vinny Vortex is back here, rising up to the ceiling. Of course, Jay Judea back in the house, just seeing what I'm feeling. Of course, here with the wonderful and beautiful DJ Fusion, the Fusebox Radio. Of course, got many, many a good show, many a good song. We hope you all come along, DJ Fusion. What you got to say for me, ah? Uh? Uh, doing pretty good, doing pretty good. Glad to be um, back up in the mix and everything as always. And um, yeah, we got a lot going on with this week's show. A matter of fact, let's break that down before we break down all the ways people can reach out to us in the commentary and stuff. Um, this week, um, we're going to have our Black Agenda Report segment and Direct FX segment. Um, we're not going to have a free press segment this week just because we have a really fly interview that we had go down last week. Some people might have heard it on the BlackRadioVac.com website. We had an interview with um, drummer and producer Will Calhoun of the seminal rock group Living Color. Um, some would say, you know, one of the rock groups that was part of the big um, main black rock, Afro-punk movement and all that. But just a dope rock group in general. And um, he had a show here in the D.C. area last week I went to that was freaking awesome. It was fantastic. And um, he went all over the map. Besides rock, he does stuff in jazz and world music and all that type of stuff. And the show accumulated in a whole bunch of that stuff besides extra things. Which was awesome But yeah we had a nice long convo with him About you know how he feels The state of um, music is in general Much less black music um, His background and a whole lot of other good things And I had to give him a big shout Because um, we did the interview Before I went to the show And we ended up actually being able to chop it up After the show or whatever um, Very um, on point and humble dude and you know extremely talented like if you would hear like if you even try to check out some um videos of will calhoun or um recordings and stuff you would think there's an entire drum line behind this dude and it's just one dude and seeing him play all that stuff was unreal so in the, the, the day and age where you got people like i got this many views on world star or youtube or whatever they think they're a star and that they the most talented cat in the world nah yo not at all. That was another reinforcing where it's like you got to step up your game a lot to get remotely near to um, what people call classic. And um, that brother is classic right there. So big shouts out to him. 
And um, yeah, we got some interesting um, interview vibes on that level this week. Yeah, I just like to say big shout out to Bill Wilk out home. Keep doing what you're doing, bro. Um, of course, big shout out to Living Color, the group that he comes from. Um, I think they're classic rock, classic black rock, and he was the drummer, is the drummer for that um, for that great situation they have right there. One thing that I was I, I learned about Living Color years ago is that um, I think when they had um, I think I guess they're the first black rock group to have to um, to make it up Billboard that high as they did. I think as the jacket on their on their CBGB. Um, um, they did some songs at CBGBs and they had put it on a recording, and that's one of the corporate, one of the main ones that I got. You know, Jack and said made mention of that. Also, I know that they were going to be touring with the World Rolling Stones back in that era. I'm not sure how that panned out. Um, I think it was something related to a, a member that they didn't, but if but but they had the they had the um, they were offered to tour with the Stones. And you know, no black rock group that had come before then had done that, had, had been put up with the Stones. You roll with the Stones, I mean, it doesn't really get too much bigger than the Stones. Oh, yeah, they actually did. He had a little interesting anecdote about that, too, um, from back in the day. But yeah, I just want to put that out there real quick. But um, yeah, it it's an interesting interview, and it's um, cool, it's fun. You know, folks get into a whole bunch of um, different things. And um, yeah, folks, folks go hard, so definitely shout out to Mr. Will Calhoun. And um, the interview going down with that this week um, And as always You know we got our commentary and all that But we're going to get to that in a little while Before getting into the music and the interview um, You can always check us out on the World Wide Web As we mentioned before Our official blog blackradiosback.com We are revamping our status In regard to what we put on blackradiosback.com Right now um, basically, we've been in kind of like a big relaunch mode with that particular website. Um, for those people who um, have already checked out the overall website, um, FuseboxRadioOnline.com, F-U-S-E-B-O-X-Online.com. That's a nice portal into getting into all of our social network sites and everything. Otherwise, you can just go to whatever social network and go to slash FuseboxRadio. So Twitter.com slash FuseboxRadio, F-U-S-E-B-O-X-R-A-D-I-O. Facebook.com, Fusebox Radio, YouTube.com, Fusebox Radio, Vimeo, since we got some more new videos up, um, slash Fusebox Radio, for y'all who like that high-definition, crispy video, and um, all that other good stuff. Or you can just go to Google, search for Fusebox Radio Broadcast, and pretty much all of our stuff should pop up in some way, shape, or form. And of course, shout out to all of our wonderful broadcast outlets that Trust to dig the fuse box radio vibe and put us on wherever each week or you click on that website you're at work you click that player and you can find us out also you can search for us on itunes zoom flycat and other music rss feeders check for fuse box radio we should pull up our nice little logo and everything you need to subscribe to the weekly broadcast and then with blip tv um, also, you can subscribe to the videos we're popping up. We're going to go into a lot more events, so there's going to be a lot more video updates than within the past year. So, um, definitely check that out. Shout out to the folks in D.C. over at the Washington, D.C. Green Festival as well. We um, taped a um, speech slash discussion by um, Brazilian music artist Gilberto Gil um, over there. And, um, yeah, you should peep that. It's definitely kind of interesting seeing his take on the entire um music and creativity and um copyright and all of that good stuff but yeah it's busy it's hectic we got a lot more going on in the upcoming week we should have um some howard university um 
video and pictures. Hopefully, their their homecoming is jumping off this week. So, and they got ninety million shows going on. So, um, it should be madness. So, if you see the fuse box radio, one of us carrying the fuse box radio bag, say hi and all um, of that good stuff. But yeah, man, just glad to be back in here for another weekend things of the fuse box radio show and um yeah let's get into um a little bit of news and commentary before we get into the music mix um unfortunately a few people have passed away within the past week or two um for my um reggae lovers roots reggae and dancehall reggae um earlier this week was kind of sad um gregory isaacs passed away he had a battle with cancer he passed away in um london for those who might not be familiar with his extremely long catalog of music, he had, I think, over a 30, 40 year discography of music. So, you know, he was in there. I think he just put out an album maybe about a year or two ago, a new album of stuff a year or two ago. Um, a lot of people should know his song, Night Nurse. You know, nice slow reggae grind type of um, joint. And, you know, he had all types of stuff um, jumping off um, musically. He influenced a lot of the current um, Roots Reggae and Dead Tall Reggae artists. And I think right up until through this year, he was still um, touring internationally and performing. I remember being in the um, New York City area, and you would constantly see that, hey, Gregory Isaac is coming in. I regret not being able to go and see one of his shows. They always sold out. Like quickly, whether you were in Brooklyn, Manhattan, whatever other spot, you'd be like, oh, Gregory Isaac's show is jumping off. Those tickets were gone. And if you go on um, some of these sites and search for some videos of his, him performing, you can see why he was a consummate performer. And, you know, he had a unique voice and vibe and everything. And was a good vibed music artist. And there's time that's rare as well. So definitely um, RIP to him passing away for my punk rock people um Ari up from the stilts passed away um for um those folks this was around the time when johnny rotten and a whole bunch of other people were getting the punk rock movement jumping off around the nyc area and um she was very important in regard to crafting um music playing bass and a whole bunch of other stuff so one of those seminal people who might not necessarily gotten mainstream props was a really big foundation people for that person excuse me for that particular scene so um r.i.p to her and also i don't think i remember i think this happened after the radio show broadcast um occurred um for my people who are into the hip-hop realm particularly the up-to-date harlem hip-hop realm um r.i.p to um Huddy Six. He, I never knew him personally. I've heard a lot of good things about him from people in the NYC area and whatnot. He was a member of um, Mace's Harlem World. And he also um, rolled with the Diplomats and Big L and a whole bunch of other people. He was supposed to be a really good dude. Like a good vibe type of dude. Always you know, willing to reach out and help out people and other types of stuff end up getting into a car accident around the um george washington bridge um really close to cameron and a whole bunch of other people since a lot of these cats grew up with each other and again i did not know the man personally but i find it unfortunate when you hear somebody across the board who has a good you know re- reputation and good vibe reputation especially in this particular hip-hop realm 
passing away that is um that's a sad um scenario and you know i've had some people tell me especially with the the newer street era of um <clears throat> of rap and stuff in harlem that you know that was like you know a keep the peace dude and you know just wanted to have everybody you know make good things happen one of the more behind the scenes type of cats on a whole lot of levels so on that end you know i think um we had to give props to since you know we had to give props to everybody on that level and um people will definitely um be missed on that end and um let me see we touched base on the um sound of music ends um let's get to a little bit of the um hard news as it were or the more um international crucial news um here in the states i think people are trying to get they're trying to make people disillusioned about voting and a lot of congressional seats governmental seats and stuff like that are going to be open for vote this election day in november um as we always encourage whoever you vote for make a an educated vote check where people say they are on um their excuse me particular stances and all of that good stuff and you know just because obama's in office doesn't mean you put it to sit back and be like "Woo, everything's all good obviously if you've been around the past two years it hasn't been all good it's been better but you know that was like eight years of hell people went through before so you know it's supposed to be somewhat better so and also voting you know it's like a kick in the ass to a lot of people trying to show where you stand and what other type of stuff is jumping off judah it's left wing left wing people say left wing and right wing Usually left wing and right wing comes off one thing, one bird, one motion, one entity. So regardless of Obama, people are going to point fingers at Obama at the end of the day. He's representing policies that were handed down to him by people who did not look like me or have the intentions or uh, uh, um, me in mind. So I don't necessarily look at this as Obama. You know, he's just a baby in a baby carriage being pushed around by bigger people. You know, and half those half those people don't nobody know about. You know what I'm saying? So definitely, as Fusion said, watch who you vote and you know, also think about independence and others. No doubt, no doubt. There's more than just two political parties, and honestly, most of these two political parties try to bite off on certain things third parties say. And you know, maybe it's time for people to back up a, a legitimate third party. Than just you know going by the status quo, but again, research um all your people and vote for what's best, and you know continue to come out in those numbers. Now, an um, interesting article in regards to um the <clears throat> excuse me to the voting and stuff. You have um, what they call the Tea Party, which essentially is to me just some a bunch of a bunch of rich people manipulating certain um, right wing Republican cats to. You know a certain status that they don't need to have um there's a news story where they're talking about in <clears throat> certain areas they're trying to go ahead and um shut down people of color from voting latinos black etc because they're scared that you know heaven forbid a a tea party candidate might not go through probably because even if you're not the most politically astute it's like all right um these cats are full of crap whether it's logical type of stuff or you know race-based type of thing because somehow america is just supposed to be 
tapioca pudding, vanilla-esque, and people of color ain't do a damn thing to, you know, be a part of that, and that's just nonsense. If you're supposed to be all about democracy, let the chips fall where they may. Don't be trying to, you know, the block folks, as it were. And um, I might just find that funny. On another news, and um, Judah and I were talking about this a little while ago. I'm sure people have heard that um, author, um, journalist who um, was rolling up NPR, Juan Williams, ended up getting fired for some comments he made about Muslims on Fox News. And now he might be signing a contract with Fox News. After all this goes down, talking about his freedoms were messed up, etc., etc., etc. Now, I don't know all the details about the, the actual way people went about getting fired, per se. NPR is pretty much like we stick by our rules, you know, by the standard that he's known about for years, you know, some things you just can't go there. And be on a certain level in regards to uh, blatantly discriminatory things, etc., etc. Now I look at it like this: Juan Williams. Some people talk about liberal Juan Williams. Juan Williams has never been liberal in any way, shape, or form. That is like one of the most middle of the road cats ever on TV. I understand it. People can believe what they want, but you know, let let's stop that nonsense right now. I think Juan Williams is playing himself if he signs over to Fox News just because Fox News is not a legitimate news organization. By whatever journalistic standard that you have. Not because, you know, they don't necessarily believe what I believe or whatever, whatever. They are essentially a propaganda channel. And I'm like, all the years you built up a certain kind of reputation are going to go down the toilet no matter how much they pay you if you become a permanent part of that staff. And honestly, Juan Williams is not a young dude. He should know that he's being manipulated for other people's means. Now, all, now all of a sudden, Sarah Palin and all these other people are like, "Oh, it's freedom of speech for this fine young Negro here." Blah blah blah. And it's unfair that this stuff happens and whatever, whatever. Get out of here, yo! Don't be played as a sucker. I think he is gonna get played as a sucker. But, you know, I, I don't know. This is one of those areas to me. A lot of people are showing their true colors. And if they want to be a pawn in the system, they want to be a pawn in the system. Um, it's, it's a little ridiculous of a situation to me. Ron Williams has been a sellout jigro for most of his life. And now he's being back. And now he doesn't have a problem uh, aligning himself with the anti-Christ with a anti-Christ organization like Fox 5 News, which only wants to see black people in the way that they did in racist states. Only wants to see black people like the way they used to be. Um, it Jim Crow in subservience, and that's basically what they're pushing pull because America go to a fascist state. That will be a return. Black people lived under fascism in the United States, under slavery, and under Jim Crow. And... Uh, up until 1945 up, up until the 1960s Officially because of the lack of rights That black people had That they're trying to erode So black people lived under fascism And Juan Williams is a jigro Pushing it back to that point No doubt And you know That's just mad Insane and unfortunate I mean, even got some people to trying to talk about all of a sudden, like, well, Juan Williams got fired, so they should remove funding from NPR. Look, NPR is not the best news organization in the States. However, in terms of relatively balanced news info, again, relatively, 
they're a lot better than the Fox News or another place. So it's kind of funny. All of a sudden, it's like, let's just attack this entire institution because of this. Please, you do not care about no Juan Williams. You're just trying to have your own little whacked out opinion be the only news opinion that's out there for Everton. And I think that's garbage. Um, lastly, interesting thing with this um, WikiLeaks situation. Um, they had more um, documents from the um, Iraq War and other stuff leaked um, this past um, weekend. And, you know, it's a lot of bugged out stuff there in regards to, like, um, people getting tortured. Um, the statistics being messed up in regards to how many people actually got killed, etc., etc. And now the um, founder of Weekly Leaks is um, supposed to essentially be on the run. Um, Julian um, Assange, I think, um, is the right pronunciation for his name. And I mean, they talk about homeboy had to like use and flip and swap um, encrypted phones, had to go through wearing different types of stuff to get around, etc., etc. Because besides America, you got a lot of other countries who are scared about how the, he's getting these documents and putting them out there. Now, people have tried to throw different stuff about his personal life or whatever that so far has been refuted. But I think this goes to show when you really push hard against the system, they're going to push hard right back against you. And, you know, personally to me, so far, I'm not mad at him. Because I think he's battling to, for, for truth and to um, get stuff done and out there. Now, um, the article in the New York Times that talks about how, you know, he runs around and different types of stuff. It's interesting. He talks about the more that people put stuff out, the less people he can trust within his own organization. Like people who are former loyalists are like falling by the wayside and stuff like that. And it, this is just off of the series of documents with the Afghanistan um, war scenario and um, the... Um, Iraq war um, scenario 39 year old dude um, who's supposed to be damn near a genius um, into you know computer stuff and um, computer hacking and stuff like that and the thing that some people are mad at him for is not just the fact of the whistle blowing but being able to gather all that information in bulk and just do a big mass um, dissemination of it in the technological age which is why when people look at situations like net neutrality and a whole bunch of other stuff, it gets kind of deeper in regards to, oh, well, you know, if somebody was trying to block off equal access to the net, all of a sudden you might not get that joint. Or how some people are, you'd be trying to download something like, damn, it's taking all day, ugh, whatever. And um, things going from there. So, I mean, personally, at least on the level of what he's doing, as an individual to put stuff out against you know crazy systems i salute him i hope he's not a nut in his personal life or whatever but on some levels as of now i don't think that matters now god bless him um you gotta love a white boy like this you know what i'm saying and i hope he puts out more information i hope he starts to pray and i hope he um accomplishes what he needs to accomplish and what he wants to accomplish doubt no doubt i mean my thing is i want to start putting in requests for wikileaks i'm like can you find some coin pro documents <laughs> can you find some um so, whatever else is good <laughs> that's jumping off i'm i'm saying if you got these war documents i'm just like you know 
start having people put you know something on twitter or something i'm, I'm saying let, let, let's go hard body with it find somebody to find out why these, these martin luther king and malcolm x papers haven't you know fully gone out from the cia and the fbi you know I don't know. Maybe just because of the mentality I have. It's like if you're already going hard body and people are going crazy, you might as well just go buck freaking wild and um, call it a day. So, yeah, it's it's interesting scenario with how um, everything's going down with that. Oh, finally, on a one quick um, bit of news, um, New York Schomburg Center is going to get um, a bunch of Maya Angelou's. Um, original writings and stuff like that for their archives. So, shouts out to them. I think um, that's a definitely an interesting grab people made on um, that cultural level. You know, she definitely has made an impact from her earlier books. I'm personally more of a fan of the books than some of the uh, poetry later on because those early books from back in the day were some powerful books um, to her poetry and stuff now. So, you know, shouts out to them for still doing their thing and collecting different parts of black american um culture for people to check out later on and to have access to later on and all that good stuff but yeah man got a lot going on in this week's show we about to get into it um of course our mix of old and new school independent and mainstream diverse music tunes and sounds and stuff like that will calhoun have been living colors interview and yep just other goodies so sit back relax and enjoy this is the fuse box radio broadcast with dj fusion and John Judahite, peace. Peace, my children. Peace, both will be looking good. DJ Fusion, J. Judah out. Yes, yes. International Channel Live. Illegal broadcasters. Bring it to your set. Set what? 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 The last dragon. I get the fist first. You want to contest the Benny Boom? You wish best to be a nurse. So she can sew up the stitches while I get these riches and run around town chasing these ports around. Get me mad. I react like no bitch. Politics. I revenge the rest. A street vet, ready to rumble anytime. Don't chop this up. Instrument that I retaliate with. Who got the Huda skill? It's in the Hooterville. Nothing but that black magic. So my Huda will. Travel down your spine. Loosen up your muscle. Wanna tussle. Wrestle with that ass like the hustle for the summer. Everybody pause like the comma. Rappers study this style like shallow or slama. With Huda in my fist. So watch by me. I'm not Dutch. You can't mask up my Tashi. I mean the whole Hashi. And brain freaking ass. Speaking, leave your heart beating like a gun. Reaching off and sell. Overseeing while I'm high speed. And we smoke breathing. Open up the government center and said they were suckers trying to f- simply roll duckers. Uh. 
like the top of the pyramids. Ah, DJ Cam, Channel Live, never die. A legal broadcasting live, free of lies, recognize. Wanna add on, let's get high. Shine like the top of the pyramids. Ah, DJ Cam, Channel Live, never die. A legal broadcasting live, free of lies,
wet on skate? Yes, man. So kick the wham on this damn oh, sprinkler, Mr. Sprinkler. Wet me for one, Mr. Sprinkler. I'm heating high five and a day's no split. With the yawn, I trip to the dawn. Out comes the bodies following the one idea. It's clear. Rattle to the roll. Hold back up the track, grab your roller skates, y'all. And let's zip on by. Zippity dude, I let's zip on by. Feel on the weed and we're feeling high. Sun is on thick and the cheese is rolling thick. Come on, it's no time to hide. Season is twist, spinning and winning. No hack and sack, let, let me in. Spill on the bottom away, but it's okay. It's a Saturday. Now let's all get baked like a needle. Watch Mr. Lawn, don't look at the beat. Feel on the farm, I'll feel on the... Hey, watch that. It's a Saturday. You're listening to the Fuse Box Radio with DJ Fusion. I get money.
the words of I.F. Stone, one of the 20th century's great investigative journalists, governments lie. All governments lie. Stone's words are as true now as they were when he uttered them more than half a century ago. When the White House invited black bloggers in for a Columbus Day meeting, they were told that they could print anything they heard in the first half of the meeting, but that they could attribute none of it to any White House spokesperson by name, while the second half of their meeting would be completely off the record. Fortunately, or perhaps by design, none of the invited bloggers were actually journalists. They hailed mostly from celebrity gossip sites like Concrete Loop and Young, Black, and Fabulous, from BET and Essence Magazine, from BlackSingles.com. Real journalists would have laughed those anonymous spokesperson and off-the-record requirements right out of the room. Ethical journalists only grant anonymity to sources like whistleblowers with well-founded fears of retaliation, not to police, not to mayors, not to prosecutors, not to military or civilian government officials. The only reason for these representatives of powerful institutions to speak to reporters or bloggers off the record is to lie to them with the expectation that they will pass untraceable falsehoods onto the public as news, or in the case of Young, Black, and Fabulous, as celebrity gossip. Sure enough, cell phone video of the president dropping in to briefly address the bloggers hit the internet the very next day, prompting the Atlantic's token black commentator, Ta-Nehisi Coates, to grouse about colored folks who didn't understand what off the record meant, as if being the covert mouthpieces of the powerful was something they really should strive to be. One of the invitees was a friend and colleague of ours, Ms. Lutitia Stills, now at JackAndJillPolitics.com. Observing that the White House hadn't called black bloggers in since the 2008 presidential campaign, Stills opined that the bloggers were being, as she put it, pimped. We think Ms. Stills was correct, but for the wrong reasons. To be pimped is to be manipulated for some underhanded and shameful purpose. Whether bloggers or journalists are shamefully used once every couple years or three times a week is a difference only in the frequency of the act, not in the roles of the players or of the played. Thus, when Kelly Goff, a Huffington Post and Loop21.com blogger called the White House briefing a good first date, quote unquote, she was publicly signaling her willingness to be used in any way at any time by the powerful. There's a word for people who play that role, and that word is not journalist. In his long career, the great investigative reporter I.F. Stone broke scores of original stories about war, peace, and corruption. He never asked for, and he never got the privileged and off-the-record access to the powerful, which Ta-Nehisi Coates imagines black reporters should aspire to. The private interviews with mayors, admirals, and presidents, who would have been much too afraid of his direct and probing questions anyway. Stone got his stories the old-fashioned way, with diligent research. Black Agenda Report was of course not invited to the White House meeting, and that's perfectly okay with us. We understand that reporters and bloggers too, who subsist on privileged access to the powerful in return for passing their anonymous tidbits to the public as news, that such people are being pimped. 
which makes them, well, you know, for Black Agenda Radio, I'm Bruce Dixon. Find us on the web every Wednesday at www.blackagendareport.com. You are now, are now, are now tuned in to the Fuse Box Radio broadcast with DJ Fusion and John Judah. You're as good as they say you are. Syndicated worldwide to bring real black radio back to the masses. Yeah, man, what's up? I saw Elvis the other day. Get out of here, man!
now listening to Fusebox Radio with DJ Fusion. All right, everybody, one, two, one, two, what's going on? You're now in tune to another session of the syndicated Fusebox radio broadcast with DJ Fusion and John Judah. Y'all know our official blog site, blackradioisback.com. And you know how we do whenever we do interviews. We bring in some of the best that are doing it, period, in the music field and beyond. And this week, we got blessed with a very special guest we got on the phone lines right now. We got um, Mr. Will Calhoun. A lot of people know him as the drummer for the seminal rock group Living Color, as well as a lot of other great projects going on and productions and other good things. How are you this evening, Mr. Calhoun? Doing fantastic. Fantastic. Thank you. All right. And um, definitely um, thank you for being a part of this week's show. And one of the... Um, I guess first and foremost for all of those who may not be um, as familiar with um, your um, background and personal history around them, what area are you from? I'm from New York. I'm from the Bronx, New York. Home of hip hop, you know. Grew up here and uh, being in New York City, being in the Bronx especially, was a brilliant experience for me to grow up and be able to go out in the world and do music based on 
the clubs that used to exist in our neighborhood, a lot of Latin clubs and um, a lot of clubs where proper R&B was played. Um, we played out in the parks often as well. Mm-hmm. And it was the beginning of the hip-hop era. Um, um, basically, in my opinion, started by a guy in his neighborhood named Pumpkin, Errol Bedwood Pumpkin. Mm-hmm. And was Pumpkin. And um, he was the, he was a gentleman who was selling beats to record labels even as early as 1974. So Pumpkin was also a great classical pianist and a wicked jazz and funk and rock drummer. Mm-hmm. It was good to be around, you know, uh, that kind of energy uh, as, as well as being able to go into the Village Gate in New York or the, or the Vanguard, the Madison Square Garden, the Seapop and the Funkadelic. Or, mm-hmm. So it was, it was a really fantastic arena for me to grow up as an artist uh, uh, in the city. No, I can definitely understand that. And all those influences showed throughout, you know, the decades of your work and um, things right now. Um, you also, if I remember correctly, um, got um, former schooling at um, Berkeley College of Music. Is that right? That is correct. I was a recording and engineering major at the Berkeley College of Music. Uh, I decided to take something a little bit different than actual just studying music because I was so sort of hell bent on not leaving New York City mm-hmm. to study music. I felt like New York City was the, the best classroom for me in America anyway. And leaving was a was a, a bit difficult to do at the time, but um, I'm the youngest of three, and, and and my mom is a three degree holder, so not attending college was not a possibility in my home. Mm-hmm. I figured I'd go somewhere where I could study and still hang and still be able to get to New York, Boston was a great information city, is a great information city, and I was able to attend Berkeley and then you know take a few little side courses at Harvard as well as. Um, visit amazing book and these bookshops and used record stores in the in the uh, New England area, and I was able to get a lot of great information, a lot of jazz records and, and, and uh, rock records, and rare books. Uh, being in that in that city, so I did attend Berkeley. I did graduate, which <laughs> most musicians don't do from Berkeley. Mm-hmm. But uh, I did stay for the four years, and the engineering helped me quite a bit at that time. Uh, the music production kind of. Uh, uh, educational process was just starting to happen I would say to the mid to, mid, mid to early 80s and uh, producers and writers the industry was changing CDs were coming into play at that time mm-hmm. it was an interesting time to study engineering and sound and also the business of music of producers and fees and recording studio contracts record contracts percentages royalties mm-hmm. publishing all of those things were involved in our curriculum as well and it was very very helpful to study both the sound and academics of the music business with me leaving Boston and immediately coming back to New York City and mm-hmm. getting myself uh, my feet and, and that's my whole concept wet with music basically is to dive into the pool and start to survive and be creative no, definitely and that's something that's always been needed but it's definitely more dollar needed now especially in the I would say the current mainstream music landscape you know there's always been great music being made there's still great music being made now so I never want to put stuff into that particular box um, to quickly backtrack you said proper R&B um, earlier there's a, is there R&B that you're not necessarily feeling that's out right now? Or? Well, I'm not necessarily, I'm not, I'm not feeling it, but I mean, uh, labels, uh, labels are kind of interesting. I actually don't really believe in styles of music, and, and I, I learned that experience traveling to Africa very often and studying mm-hmm. music, studying indigenous music, that the, that the, that the, the titles are, uh, are kind of become, you know, maps and passports and borders. 
with music in the industry and how money's made and how artists are divided, how the money's divided. Mm. But I said proper only in that um, I think it, I, I know for a fact the R&B of that generation was just different. I think the musicians were, were more musical. The singers and musicians were almost on the same level mm-hmm. because of being able to write, produce, direct, and whatever else they were whatever else they were doing. Um, the structure was different, although still I think the best R&B musicians are coming out of church. A lot of them right. were then as well, but the music was just deeply rooted, and I felt like the industry of it, not necessarily the record industry, but the industry meaning us folk that were doing the music, mm-hmm. uh, there was a lot more going on, a lot more opportunities, a wider variety. We had different types of music being influenced by R&B, and we were coming from the the, the Earth Wind and Ohio Plays and Chaka Khan schools and War and these kind of bands that had horn sections and keyboards and percussion and background singers and so on. All folks playing four or five different instruments in the band. I think it was a sort of a different scene and a different sound. I'm not knocking necessarily R&B now, sure. but it, it, it almost it almost became, in my opinion, one-dimensional okay. from, where, from where it used to be sonically. So when I say proper, I don't mean that the music now is not proper. I just mm-hmm. mean proper in definition of what rhythm and blues really means to me. Um, which is what R&B stands for, really. It's just rhythm and blues. And, and, mm-hmm. and, it, and it's taken from the New Orleans concept and the, you know, the Philadelphia, the, the sound of Philadelphia and Motown and all of those things sort of thrown into one pot. And um, it's it's a shame that with all of the history that we have in this music that it's become this kind of almost homogenized uh, uh, ear candy mm-hmm. for for a lot of folks. And that's not I'm not knocking any artists out here doing what they're doing, but I have to say, as a historian and someone that really researches music and invests in music and loves the music, mm-hmm. if I look at what was happening to now, that's the only thing that I could, I could. That's the only way that I could sort of phrase it. And it's not a negative thing in terms of talent, but it's it, mm-hmm. it's a it's a how can I put it? It's kind of like a uh, uh, a, a a it's one dimensional. That's the, I'll leave it there. It's one dimensional mm-hmm. to me. And I and I would it'd be great in listening even to some R and B artists that are tremendous today. Mm-hmm. It just getting get get into some more areas of what people like to call black music. You know mm-hmm. what that really means. What does that really mean? What you know? I like this. I like to hear. I remember when I was on tour. I'll give you an example. Okay. When Paul Simon came out with his um with his record, you know we had the, he had the South South African artist in his in his group. Mm-hmm. The ladies met like Mabazo. Mm-hmm. And I ran into Paul, and we actually were talking about that. And he talked about going on a going on a, uh, a black college tour to speak to students because he felt like he was getting slammed as kind of like a white man pimping African music or pimping black music. Mm-hmm. And he asked me my opinion of that, and I said, "Well, I didn't hear that when I heard his record, nor did I feel that when I saw him. But in going to Africa often, I can't help but think to myself, why." Why are there more African American musicians going to Africa? Number one, just to go mm-hmm. to, to write music and work with brilliant artists and brilliant musicians over there. I, I, it's, 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 it's still something that I'm, I, I grapple with. You know, when I go to Brazil, when I go to other parts of Africa, I meet so many tremendous musicians. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's ridiculous. You go know, to place like, like Sao Paulo, Brazil, and just like everyone's a great guitar player, the bus driver, the mailman, the fire, just everyone plays, everyone plays music. Mm-hmm. Almost like we're just kind of communicating and being social. It's part of their cultural structure, and it's on a pretty high level too. So that's just 
Kumbaya and some Beatles songs, you know? Mm -hmm. So, so um, that, that, in light of what's happening now with a lot of uh, very popular, famous army musicians who also are doing financially well, mm -hmm. it, I wonder why there isn't that kind of a connection between, you know, the motherland, or at, at least South America and the Caribbean, um, and what's happening today musically. I think it would just have a bigger impact on the, the music business. I think it would, have, it, would be more, it would be more information for our youth, mm -hmm. more educational for our youth. Maybe we're connected to that. I'm not saying we have to cancel what's going on right now. I just think that it's 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 been homogenized and it's just a, it's just one kind of a sample of what's possible out there. I can definitely understand that. I do feel um, that lately there's been more of a lack of diversity of what gets put out there. And while there's always been good musicians, there always are will be good musicians. It's kind of a shame that it seems like only maybe one or two styles are thrown out there, and that's it. And sometimes people who want to try to push the boundaries don't necessarily get the prop they deserve just because maybe that's just not the trend at that time. Well, that's always been the case. It's always been the case. I mean, if there have been a few that got through the cracks because they were just overwhelmingly amazing, like Charlie Parker, Jimi Hendrix, mm -hmm. uh, 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 um, uh, um, Ray Charles. I mean, you, you can go down the list. Some, even some being more alternative, like a Grace Jones. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they, they, they will, those are, there's always been that, that angle of people that we know, the, the, you know, the, the Michael Jordans that just stayed in the neighborhood parks because of whatever reason, they didn't go to the right college or the right school, didn't pick them up or they didn't get to whatever. We, we, have, we all have those neighborhood stories. Mm -hmm. The difference now is the industry is in a p position where those obscure or not as promoted artists have a better opportunity at getting the music out to people and available to folks by the internet. The internet has just changed the game. Mm -hmm. It's not necessarily gonna make you a million record seller or make you a millionaire, but yes, you can build your fan base by Indeed. still being totally off the radar. And I think that helps versus the days of you could only be signed, and when you were signed, you had to have people really care about your project mm -hmm. promoting, because there were tons of artists that were signed that were amazing, that were shelved because they were either a tax write-off or they didn't feel like Someone at the label didn't feel like they didn't fit into the whatever tour, whatever radio play, and so on. And Living, Living Color suffered from that sometimes, and we benefited from it. I think we were right down the middle of mm -hmm. many, many occasions when it got down to rock stations that interviewed us um, and supported even the concerts or the festivals, but wouldn't dare play one of the records on their radio station, which mm -hmm. is ironic sometimes with us. That happened even on the Rolling Stones tour. We went to a radio station in Los Angeles. And everybody was jumping up and down and they wanted autographs. My question was, what, what song have you guys added? Mm -hmm. Quiet. There's silence in the room. Hmm. So, you That's know, crazy. we are listening to the Guns N' Roses and the Stones and all these other bands. And then we're up there doing an interview. People, folks are going crazy. We get ready to go back to play in front of 80,000 people at Los Angeles Coliseum. Mm -hmm. This big, huge radio station was not playing and had no intention on playing any of our songs. <laughs> wow. So that kind of thing is my point. You know, it's... It, However, now I just really feel strongly between downloads and bands and artists that really like to go out there and be physical with their audience. Mm -hmm. You have a better chance of moving your product and being in touch with people and building an audience which might be small and powerful, which could lead to something bigger later on down the line. Versus 20 years ago when you know you had to kind of take a number, stand in line, or just mm -hmm. miss the boat. Oh, definitely, definitely. And speaking of labels, even in this day, there are people who I know who either like the term or take offense to the term of black rock. 
like black people aren't supposed to do rock music. How how do you feel about it? I, I don't I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a, it's a, I mean I know there's a black rock coalition and I know, I know why Vernon Beach started the coalition mm-hmm. and, and and Greg Tate and the condemnation. I, I think they had they, they had great intentions and I understand the reasons behind behind the um, frustration of being into rock and being into that style of music and not being able to get play and that's the music of your ancestors. It's almost mm-hmm. like no white people can play classical music. That would be insanity to some folks to even say it or to hear it. But that's how we felt about how the industry was dealing with us with rock and roll. Mm-hmm. You know, we know what America did with, market, with, with rock and roll, how it was flipped. It was only flipped because that was the flavor of America at that time. Mm-hmm. The 50s was a time when certain things in America were going on and certain people weren't allowed to do certain things. So the industry was, was sort of an example or a mirror image of what was happening in the actual country, which usually happens that way with art and culture and politics. It's usually some, it's, it's usually a nice equation there to find out who the president was and what was going on culturally, racially, what have you, versus what music is out there and available during that time. Good, bad, or different. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I don't like the term. I, I think it's a redundant term, and I think if you're not going to call know Van Halen or the Rolling Stones or these other bands white rock musicians then you shouldn't call the black musicians the, the African American musicians black rock musicians mm-hmm. I think it, it creates a divide and it makes a separate genre of music once again um, you know like gospel and soul gospel I guess that gives some other people a chance to get the award other mm-hmm. than the folks that are, that invented the music <laughs> you know when I see these kind of titles in, 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 in uh, shows and in, in, in award shows it's, it's quite shocking but yeah the, the term to me is redundant to say black rock uh, African Americans invented this style of music the oh, artist, 100% there's no denying it you can look, check it up in any 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 surface any any website any library and you can even walk around and interview some people who are still around that can tell you that why mm-hmm. they're black it's just a hardcore fact um, but I think it became a kind of a niche term with Living Color and the Coalition and the success of Living Color. And it was, a, it was a strange thing for us. I never was for using that term to describe what we were doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the Coalition and the band fell one in one because Vernon, you know, put Living Color together and Vernon also started the Black Rock Coalition. So it was hard to divorce ourselves from that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, how do you, what do you say about a band like King Dex, you know? Mm-hmm. If I reach against the machine, you know, uh, bad brains, put on the list, fishbone. Mm-hmm. You know, how do how, how do those terms work with those types of bands? They don't, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So uh, uh, I'm against the, the term. I do I do understand it and why why it was created and the concept was, but I think there was a, there's a huge misnomer about that term because you don't say black rap. True, very true. Black classical music, black bluegrass. Mm-hmm. Uh, black funk, uh, black reggae. Those things may sound weird to, 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 to your audience, but mm-hmm. that sounds as weird to me as black rock. It's, it's, it's on the same level. All right, well, definitely got that answer on that one. I know that's one of the things I had to throw at you. Because when I get into those conversations with people, it can get very, very heated. So yeah, well, you know, you know, uh, it, 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 it's, it's heated for a lot of reasons. I don't want to get too political in the conversation, but you know, we we have a very unique African Americans have a very unique experience in this country. Indeed. And I think out of our experience comes a lot of phobias and insecurities and 
and and conformities and assimilations. And I think part of it, a lot of it, was due to survival. You know, I heard someone describing um, Stephen Fetchett as a brilliant man the other day because he he actually excuse me well it's a brilliant man but as a brilliant like that story is a brilliant subject is what the cat was saying because mm-hmm. he was clever enough to make his his masters think that he was not smart enough to be out there working and getting cracked by the whip you know but also kind of but but he knew if he would if he put himself in that position he would be he would hang around because they needed to the the, the slave masters folks needed to have that cat around to realize to make them feel like they were better than mm-hmm. you know what I mean it was like a, a model a double model where where we need him because that he reminds us that we're smarter or, or he reminds us of the things that we're perpetuating are true so then it makes my lie more believable or it makes my whatever my hatred more believable and so on mm-hmm. at the same time um, you know he's not going to play that role because if he, if, he, if he really steps up to the plate he's going to be whatever uh, killed or murdered or put to certain kinds of sent out to war what have you mm-hmm. and the, 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 the cat used that model as a interesting technique or survival and I think those experiences created interesting communities in our community mm-hmm. where some African Americans are afraid of rock and roll they, they're like oh no yes they're afraid of Buddhism. They're afraid of Islam. They're afraid of punk music. You know, um, um, because maybe somewhere along the way their survival was being conservative. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, or, or they're educated. They're not like those other kind of folks. So now I'm educated enough where that's not what I need to do or I need to, need to, need to comply with. I'm, with. I'm doing another kind of thing now. I'm not judging anyone, but I just noticed that being a member of living color and touring around the world and doing interviews for South Americans, for mm-hmm. Europeans, for Americans, for Canadians, the different dynamic of of um, people's definitions on on um, African Americans' existence in the world and what it really mm-hmm. means. And some people don't have a clue, and some are completely have completely nailed the situation. So it's always interesting. But I know, let's just talk dealing with our own community. You know, we have our we have our own issues, and we deal with them in certain kinds of ways. And some folks, you know. Uh, um, I attended my friend's dad's funeral two months ago and mm-hmm. he's been a Buddhist for like 30 something years and, and his family is they're from Jamaica and they moved to London mm-hmm. hardcore one family part of them is hardcore Christians and even in the, in, at the funeral um, you know and, and he had a Buddhist situation going on there mm-hmm. Christians just couldn't handle it <laughs> after 30 something years that's it was, crazy it, it was interesting to see this this, this family struggle even with just the fact that okay he's a good so what you know his father his father was like one of the first jazz guitarists in Jamaica he, he was a pioneer mm-hmm. in his family from there to London to the States and he, they had a video of him and stuff it's a beautiful ceremony but I was just once the the the, 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 the uh, um, you know started you just felt like we can cut with a knife the room I mean it was divided mm-hmm. and we have we have those issues we have to deal with so along with those issues come uh, the structure of of what what we're supposed to be and what we're not supposed to be and how we're supposed to look mm-hmm. on the music we should be playing even the misnomers of y'all are playing white music or y'all are trying to be white or y'all mm-hmm. that is just just the same phrase of you maybe you have a daughter or son that comes home and tells you you know my 
this kid said I'm speaking white because you're speaking properly. That's not that's not a racial comment to make an intelligent mm-hmm. to make. It's the same kind of dynamic. And um, I grew up, you know, in the Bronx. My friends, I totally can communicate with African American, Irish, Italian. Mm-hmm. I was open to everyone. And I had a lot of my African American friends in me. What are you doing with uh with uh yes in your record collection? What's the Eagles doing in there? You know what is what's Led Zeppelin doing in there? Mm-hmm. And some of them barely can handle miles and train and, and on their combing and their But um, you know they felt like the, you know the music of our people is sort of Wayne and Chaka and Patti LaBelle and I love all that the Jackson Five and I love that stuff. Mm-hmm. I love that stuff. It's really, 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 really amazing. However, um, I can't, uh, um, you know, I, I, I have a hard time. If, if you don't understand it, you're not feeling it, you don't like it, that's fair enough. But dealing with folks coming at that angle and not really being open and receptive. And I think going to Africa will help solve that problem. <laughs> in my opinion. I just think a couple of trips, a little research, a little hang, could, you could, a lot of a lot of phobias and, and, and issues that we have in our community if, if not dissolved mm-hmm. they can be they, they can be cleverly addressed intelligently addressed mm-hmm. um, I think all the answers are not here uh, I can definitely believe that here in states that's just not happening so yeah. okay okay with your conversation you're hitting up so many topics about stuff I was going to ask that that's totally cool so we can just keep rolling um, along on um, that level um, one thing I'm curious about um, from your opinion um, especially with the history of living color and from the area that you were raised in the Bronx I mean hip hop and everything else is going to naturally intersect in New York City especially around that time frame um, in your viewpoint do you think there's any particular reason why in this generation there aren't more necessarily hip-hop MCs or crews working um, with rock groups I mean you see a little bit more of the um, electronica people and stuff like that but not anything like let's say um, Funny Vibe from a while back when um, y'all did it with Stetsasonic right right and NPE right mm-hmm. and Chuck, Chuck and Flavor on as well yes indeed I, I can't I don't know why because I think that the one DMC Alex Smithing was completely brilliant mm-hmm. that was to me that was a brilliant video it was a brilliant track it was a classic track it was two totally different types of artists coming together and if that wasn't to me at least an example of more folks getting involved I don't know what it is but I, I, I felt like the walk this way thing was just and we know growing up in the hood mm-hmm. everybody scratched everyone scratched Aerosmith all the DJs scratched walk this way that was one of the things that they scratched in the park so for us, it wasn't a, it wasn't a big deal. We're like, oh well, they just did it with the, actually with the band. <laughs> mm-hmm. But you know, we, we heard that riff playing ball in the car. We heard that riff on boom boxes. We heard that riff in the lunchrooms in, in school. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't a new thing for us. But I can't. I don't know why that is, there isn't more of it. But um, you know, Public Enemy is is kind of like our cousin group. You know, we kind of came up around the same time. Mm-hmm. And um, I know Vern's playing on the first record, but we also toured together. And I don't know why there was more of that influence. I think the artists that I work with between Stets, mm-hmm. the MC and Most Deaf, those are the ones that were the most closest to even knowing a lot about the idioms of, of, of rock and alternative and even some jazz music. So mm-hmm. I don't understand, I, I, I can't answer that. What, what I do like about the DJ side of, of hip hop is, especially really good ones, are how intelligent the cats are and how much research they do. Mm-hmm. They, have, they have to do to these record conventions. 
and they buy and research these amazing rare records to put in. So a lot of those guys surprised me on the knowledge they had about music. I mean, a guy like Hank Shockley's mm-hmm. dude mm-hmm. when it comes to music and 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 discographies and what records came out and what labels and a lot of most of the guys are so. To answer, to answer your question, I don't know why, because many of the DJs that I spoke with just are so clever and they, they know so much about so many styles of music. Mm-hmm. I'm shocked that more rappers and, and uh, uh, just, I'll just say MCs in general or groups did not get more involved with the rock sound or rock bands. It, it is a shock. It's a great question that you're asking, but I have no idea. I just mm-hmm. think after we walked this way that it, it would just, you know, the gate would open and it didn't. Yeah, it's just one of those things that even now I just kind of find kind of weird. Like you'll hear samples every once in a while, but not like that. Or getting, hey, let's just get with a band that's dope and let's roll like that. And you see people who some people when they get to a certain point they want to perform with a band, but you don't see that rock influence. So I just thought that was a weird thing. There's a few reasons for that. I mean, you know, you can go back to a few things. You can go back to the '80s. You can, you can go back to the Reagan years when this music was pulled out of the schools when. Mm-hmm. My older brother and sister used to go to school, and you, you, everyone played an instrument. You, you, you live in a locker, you could play in band in school. There was a budget for it, you know, the, the, the city had a budget for it. And, mm-hmm. and you saw young people walking around waiting for buses with violin cases and guitars and cellos and violas. They weren't attending music and art or necessarily music schools, just folks that were also just attending regular schools. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think the culture of and the brilliance of hip hop came out of creating music another way with machines because that's what some of the most of the, for the young folks who didn't have an older brother or sister that played music mm-hmm. pops or moms didn't take you to see something hip and cool you had to figure it out so it's a brilliant uh, concept however it, defor- it divorced itself from the band mm-hmm. when I first started going to South America and rock and, and Africa and stuff I, I see Young folks over there with hats turned back with them baggy pants and Jordan jerseys on and 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 PE t-shirts. Mm-hmm. The difference between those young children and, and ours are when you hand them a guitar or a drum, they play the hell out of it. Mm-hmm. They still rap, they still play basketball and soccer and all of that kind of stuff, and they still scratch. But culturally, because they're coming from a, 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 a northern, you know, like Pernambuco in Brazil or Sao Paulo or one of the favelas, one of the one of the so-called bad area ghettos whatever you want to call it mm-hmm. they also have traditional music that's played in the home that they learn mm-hmm. you know in Africa the children build the instruments in West Africa you you want to play Ngoni build it mm-hmm. dad built it his dad built it his dad built it so by the time you're nine it's a wrap you know how to build the instrument you know most of the folk folk language you know what your ancestors played you know the folk songs then if you want to play Prince and whatever else then knock yourself out Mm-hmm. They start out so far into the game. Mm-hmm. They can get into rap and, and, and hip hop and dress in a certain way and do it, certain, but they still have those traditional skills, and that's the difference. And I think in this country, it was just removed, and it was for for those that were connected to it, they're still able to do it or to do both. Mm-hmm. For those that were not, started on 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 the, on the machines and built their careers. So a lot of those cats. Don't, don't know how to relate to that music really you can't say they don't that they don't want to do it or they're not interested there's not a relationship there there hasn't been a proper introduction into them sitting down and saying oh okay with a guitar but I, I don't have to drop any names but I've recorded with certain producers my live drums and people 
I bought my kick drum and do they they didn't even know how to drum so works. So, oh that's the kick drum, well, that's the pedal. Hmm. Okay. They were sorry, but they they didn't they were like, Oh, they was they, they push buttons and they do great jobs at pushing buttons. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that introduction. Um my my generation I just felt like that that, that wasn't the majority. That wasn't the rule. When I was a uh, uh, a youth, you know, you 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 would every Saturday went to the music stores downtown and just stared at them, the instruments in the window. That was fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, going in there and playing something, you know, I mean, different relationship versus being able to just go in and buy a sample or start making beats or download music online. And, you know, I think the youth are moving really fast and they're doing some really incredible things. Mm-hmm. If you're not introduced to, it's like anything else, food or people or religion, if you're not introduced to things uh, in a way where you can grow or learn and be educated by them, you're probably not going to have a relationship with it. Mm, I can understand that. From my own way I was raised, I can understand that. That's why I have okay. instruments and turntables now. So, way in the world. And, and you know, it, it's, we all have roles. You know, I tell my friends and I do it too. You know, we have to, you can't vibe and say they're not talented. We have to, you know, it's just, let's start having a conversation. Going to the schools, mm-hmm. going to the youth communities and bring your instruments. You know, I invite, go, go sit in at a music school, go to Harlem School of the Arts, you know, take your stuff that has show, because most of the time when I've done that type of activity, um, I've received amazing results from, from young children who don't know much about the drum set or percussion. And they, in about 20 minutes, they're, you know, they're combing through with most students that are studying that pay mm-hmm. three or five, six lessons to do. Mm-hmm. So the hunger is there. It's just being able to have an exposure. It works both ways, you know. Um, I think both sides can come together to make a really interesting um, musical culture, artistic culture between the folks that are, you know, the Puffies and the, and the Dre's and all of that stuff versus, you know, the Wayne Shorters and the Harry Hancock's and the, you know, and, and the, that, even that generation all the way down to the younger, younger musicians now that are, that are playing great jazz and, great funk or great rock and so on. I think there should be a serious marriage between the two. At least a marriage of information, a marriage of communication would be great. And whatever's going to happen is going to happen. Indeed, indeed. And, you know, we see that a bit here and there and hopefully... That'll be something that continues And music education I think without a doubt In the United States People know that that And arts education in general Needs to come back Like a lot of the places It was taken away From the 70s To the present Even the time frame I was in high school And it's I don't know To me it's making kind of I would say Lesser consequences In terms of The quality of some stuff That's being put out there Right now Just because people As you said Aren't necessarily exposed Two different things in the first place, which is unfortunate. Especially if you don't have it within, I guess, your household. All right, all right. Now, with all the people who are, well, you know, in the D.C. area this Saturday, um, you're going to be doing a show with, um, <clears throat> excuse me, the good folks over at National Geographic. Now, in general, like for people who are like, I'm going to see Will Calhoun do a show. What type of vibe, sounds, and stuff like that should people expect? Well, it's going to be based off of, I, I look at all music as well music, and um, I have a, my latest CD and DVD is called Native Lands, and Living Color broke up for a little period of time, for about six years or so, around 1995, mm-hmm. and during that period, I decided to spend most of my time out of the country, 
did a lot of research and studying with Aboriginal cultures and, uh, and you know, Mali. I was in Mali mending music and uh, um, recording with Umu Sangari, with Gonzalez Keta up north, but in Mexico, playing with the Ganao musicians, master Ganao musicians, uh, Mahmoud, Guinea, and Mustafa Babu, and these kind of cats, and just trying to get myself really involved with. With the with the history of my instrument and mm-hmm. and and groove and music, and it led me to playing different types of instruments, picking up flutes from southern China and log drums and tumba drums from West Africa and so on and so on. So I'm I'm native lands is like this kind of CD and DVD. There's, there's a DVD. I'm going to be selling them at the show. Mm-hmm. And the music the record has some great folks on it. Farris Hermes is on it, and Wallace Roney, and Stanley Jordan, and Marcus Miller, and Most Deaf. Okay. Salos, there's some great people on the record. The DVD has um, an interview with me, as well as my own little music videos and 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 some of my kind of a little bit more research, actual footage of me studying the music and linking up with people and my love for photography and media. So I was able to make like a media photography digital video in it, uh, into interesting interview DVD okay. on one disc, and the other disc is just the music. So um, you're gonna kind of hear that, that experience, that 10 year experience, you know, you're gonna, and, and, and earlier you're gonna hear my Bronx influence, you're gonna hear, you know, my keyboard player is, is from DC, Mark Harris, so you're gonna hear mm-hmm. some little slight little hints of go-go. And I remember being exposed to go-go when I first heard about it. I didn't want to buy the records. One of my good friends, my schoolmates, David Dyson, mm-hmm. told me, look, one of these spring breaks at Berkeley, instead of going home, why don't you come to DC? And when I went down to DC to see, you know, Junkyard and EU and and, and 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 all these amazing bands. Mm-hmm. I understood the music because DC cats used to tell me that you know uh, hip hop sounds square to them, and I think that I, I was offended by that. Until mm-hmm. I went to DC to understand what they meant by square, mm-hmm. and 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 uh, is, is completely swung. The music is almost played like jazz. Yes, how mm-hmm. swing, how the groove is in, in that music. So you're gonna hear some of that. You're gonna get some African music, and it's gonna be in, it's gonna be a mix. We we, we kind of like a, a jukebox, uh, and a DJ jukebox, and that we're, we're we're mixing acoustic jazz with rock and funk, electronic stuff, and world music instruments. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be playing a few things: a wave drum, a little flute, a little conga drum, okay. maybe some voodoo drums from Nigeria. So you're, you're gonna get it's a trio. I might have a guest or two, but basically it's gonna be trio, and it's gonna leave us a room to create this nice. Uh, um, uh, grooves and palettes and, and experiences in life and, and the music we try to present live is just a reflection of how we used to live how we're living and how we want to live awesome well I know I'm going to be front row and center we got five um, people from the radio show who are also going to be there who um, just did a drawing for the tickets and I had extra people who bugged me about that but I was like you got to pay for those tickets we, we already did our giveaways sorry <laughs> So, you know, I'm definitely looking forward to him seeing that. And also because I have people right when I said I was going to have this interview bugging me. You know, I I know this probably gets asked all the time. Um, Are there any other future um, situations, whether it's touring or um, albums otherwise, um, that's going to be happening with um, Living Color? Absolutely. We are the next thing we're doing starting Monday, actually, we're going to be on the Jimmy Hendrix tribute tour. Awesome. Okay. And, and it's gonna be we we it's it's a great tour. Some great musicians on there, and uh, Living Color plays three songs, and then we the, the four of us are broken up into different parts to play. There's Steve I and Ernie Osley, and then Johnny Lang is on it. Kenny Ray Shepherd. 
sounds crazy I mean to be perfectly honest I know Billy Cox was still alive so I'm like damn y'all I'm throwing the yeah, plan yeah. that's, that's awesome it's right funny, there man. Billy's, Billy's killing I mean last tour we did Joe Satriani was on it but this year Living Color we're gonna play play with, with Steve Vai we'll be the rhythm section and we're gonna join forces with him and, and it's just you know I mean come on hey Ashley I mean mm-hmm. Jimmy lived in Jimmy lived in Ashley home for, for a period of time so and he talked about how you know what it was like to have Jimmy walking around in his house. You know, his brother, his brothers brought him in when he was struggling a little bit in the village in New York and, mm-hmm. and he told us about how he was living a tea knife and how his personality was great before and after. He didn't get, she hadn't changed a bit. And mm-hmm. How he used to practice with, with, without an amp. You know, he was just playing a room, in his room with the guitar and he said it sounded just as good as it did when he was plugged in. Mm-hmm. So, you know, here's Ernie now playing guitar who at that time he said had no interest really in playing music and he was a drummer as you know first mm-hmm. so here's Ernie out there killing and you know there, there's that connection of, of, of the Isley family and, and, and Hendrix who played in the Isley Brothers for a short period of time mm-hmm. um, so it, it's just great the information and you know Jamie Hendrix Jimmy's youngest sister being on the tour and getting stories and talking to the attorneys that help you know organize the stuff for his museum and, and, mm-hmm. and to get the to get the family and, and the business up and running and it's just to be out there and uh, I guess the, the best part of the tour for me is you know every once in a while in Chicago we, we, we have these young geniuses that come their parents bring them down to sound check and there's 13 year olds and 14 year olds that are playing the part out of killing Mm, okay. they ask politely they can sit in and like so far there's been three young under 16 guitar players that played on the encore at the end of the show mm-hmm. that just blew everyone off this it was unbelievable that mm. was the feeling being a musician no doubt seeing the tradition still carry on oh wow it's, it, it, I mean it, it almost brings a tear to the eye to see these young you know guitar players effortlessly playing this music and knowing it and playing it not just being chop oriented or being talented they know the music their parents obviously have exposed them to the blues and to Jimmy and to Buddy Guy and so on and uh, that's the that's the best part of the tour for me other than being around all my great friends and playing Jimmy's music and celebrating his life 
um, that those little moments, it's not, it happens maybe three or four times a tour, but when it happens, it's mind-blowing. Okay. No doubt. Well, sounds like a lot of good things are going on with you and all the side projects in general. I'm WillCalhoun.com. People can go to the website. There's a, a lot of information up on there. Just looking at discography alone is going to make you get make your eyes big. Much less, you know, the shows and everything else that's jumping off, as well as LivingColor.net. Um, do you have any um, last um, words, shout-outs, words of wisdom for the listeners or um, anything else? I'd like to just thank everybody for supporting your show. Supporting the station and supporting live music and supporting independent music. Uh, I want to thank National Geographic for giving me the opportunity to to play my music uh, in their arena, where you know they have that natural sound exposition up now. Mm-hmm. And I was thrilled to be invited to come down and perform. So, um, and you know, all of DC Posse. Uh, I know the bad brains aren't in DC really anymore, but that's how I was introduced to DC. And music just by being fans of the Bad Brains. So all the Bad Brains fans and family out there kind of say hello. And I'm just looking forward to coming back down. You know, I love the city. I have family down there between uh, New Carrollton and uh, Washington, D.C. Actually, I have some cousins, so I have some okay. family in the house during the show. So looking forward to seeing everybody down there. And thank you again. Thank you for the opportunity to do the interview as well. No problem, and I'm definitely thank you, Mr. Calhoun, for being on board in PG County in DC. Y'all got shouted out. He has family down here. See, okay. the home, the home, the home area got a big shout out. I mean, I was born in DC, raised in PG County, so I'm like, okay, then here we go. And all the the go go bands you mentioned were all the people I grew up to. I had a brief period of time in New Jersey. Now I'm back down here, so it's like, all right, everything comes a full circle. That's what's cracking. That's absolutely, absolutely. Well, that's my that's one of my second homes. I've spent many summers. D.C., Virginia, North Carolina, that was, that was the run. We, we made there and back from New York, visiting family. Even a little few in Baltimore, too. The summer runs back in the day on the Greyhound bus. You went to see your aunt and your uncle and your cousins. And that's where you get to Baltimore, you know, and then the, uh, New Carrollton, D.C., and then Norfolk, Virginia. And sometimes we went all the way down to Greenville, North Carolina. So it just, those, those were the priceless summers. and family and, and, and friends and learning about music and their roots and, you know the, those, those things that the city life really don't offer you you know learning about food and mm-hmm. farming and land and owning land and, and family values not to say that it's not here but I'm just saying it's a, it's a different different flavor when you start heading south it's a, it's a different vibe so mm-hmm. I'm always looking forward to head back south um, I can definitely dig that and you know this has been an awesome interview again we definitely had to thank you as a matter of fact we're going to throw on a few tracks um in a minute for those people who well all our listeners already know they know how we rock with the 21st century black radio vibe we play any and everything that's hot from the black diaspora which is the world diaspora as far as we're concerned so we got to play some of your solo music and um, some living color music right now and uh, we're going to continue on in the mix all of our dc area people definitely check out um, the show going on the National Geographic. Check out our website, blackradiosback.com. We have all the information right there. And you're going to be able to check the archives of this interview as well as the radio show at our official podcast page, which you can um, also access the podcast via iTunes, Zoom, Flycat, and other places at fuseboxradio.podomatic.com. So we're going to get into it. We just finished wrapping up a fly interview with Mr. Will Calhoun. 
you know, music legend, been doing his thing for a minute, and um, we're going to keep it moving here. Fusebox Radio Broadcast, DJ Fusion, John Judas, syndicated worldwide. Peace.
now listening to Fusebox Radio with DJ Fusion. Yes, sir, no, sir, have a nice day. It shouldn't have to be this way. Yes, sir, no, sir, have a nice day. It shouldn't have to be this way. Happy shopper, the customer is always right.
You are now listening to Fusebox Radio.
What's up, everybody? It's your boy right here, Lamar Blackman, and this is Direct Effects. That's right, the jump off, your hottest daily five-minute dose of entertainment and college news, brought to you by the Black University Radio Network. Follow us at twitter.com front slash black college. On today's show, we get it in with one of the hottest rappers on the mixtape scene and in the street. Many of you may not know, but these artists are eating off their mixtapes, relentless touring, and with the evolution of the internet. And Mellow Kane is right in middle of that evolution. He's here, but you can always check him out at 4LB.com or MellowCane.com or just Google him. And historically black colleges and universities are taking the lead in spreading the word about the Holocaust. Yes, I said it, Holocaust going on in Sudan. That's right, Darfur, Sudan. That's in North Africa. Right now, over 400,000 have been killed by the Sudanese government. I bet you haven't seen much coverage of that. Well, the Black University Radio Network has got the scoop. So you don't have to worry about that. And Spelman College lands a $10 million grant from Lehman Brothers Holding Incorporated for a black women's enrichment program. I'll break that all down for you right here. Congratulations, Spelman, on Direct Effect. This is Melo Kane, and I'm coming up next on the Black University Radio Network. Yeah. Being green is about more than just saving trees. It's about economic opportunities, making sure our neighborhoods don't become dumping grounds for pollution and waste, and teaching our children that by living green today, the world they inherit tomorrow will be brighter. That's the message of the Toyota Green Initiative, a program to bring green to our day-to-day lives. By working with educators, HBCUs, and environmental nonprofits, we are spreading the message, and we want you to join us. Find out more at toyotagreen.com. Toyota, moving forward. We caught up with Cali's own Mello Kane, representing Los Angeles to the fullest. Now, Mello is not your typical hardcore rapper. He's from the streets, but his consciousness is incredible. He's hot. His new single, Easy, is hard-hitting, but on a different scale, it's cut from the cloth of a common, a toilet, or a most deaf. Now, here's Mello explaining his style. What's good, fam? My angle to this music, you know what I'm saying, is basically... I want to say something, you know what I'm saying? I don't want to waste no time when I'm on that mic, you know what I mean? So I'm not going to just make you dance real quick. I got to leave you with something to think about. So I kind of like took the concept instead of making it, you know, the typical whatever it could have been had any other artist got a hold of the beat, you know what I'm saying? And kind of flip it to something more in line with what I do, you know what I'm saying? And that's talk to the people, you know what I'm saying? And give them that, that real life whenever I pick up that mic. So easy came out of me just being, um, you know what I'm saying? Just, just my surroundings, man, just looking around and, and just seeing everything moving so fast. Easy, easy came out like, you know, basically, let's slow down, homies, you know what I'm saying? Easy is saying, but control your mind. A lot of times I'm very struggling as I own design. We get swole with pride, neighborhoods collide. What would happen if Pac with another dude to die? Never mind, I'm just tripping, man, my shoes untied. Either you positive or negative, so shoes aside. Even I keep a pistol, because these fools have tried to put a young focus brother on the news at five to That's the super spitter, Mellow Kane, kicking that real good-looking fam. Consciousness is in his music. That boy is super deep and his music is banging. Check out his mixtapes and get that hot new single easy at 4LB.com and don't go nowhere because Mello is back with us for one more day. And remember, you can hit him at Twitter.com MelloCane or Facebook.com MelloCane or MelloCane.com 4LB.com as well. 
making the largest donation in its 157-year existence, Lehman Brothers Holdings Incorporated has announced a $10 million gift to Spelman College to provide opportunities for black women interested in pursuing business careers. The grant announced October 8th on Spelman's campus in Atlanta will be used to develop the Lehman Brothers Center for Global Finance and Economic Development. The center will offer an interdisciplinary curriculum, internships, scholarships, mentoring, and a Chinese language program. At the very same time the new Lehman Center is set to open, fall 2011, Spelman is expected to also open its first green-friendly residence hall. This year, the U.S. News & World Report ranks Spelman as the number one historically black college and one of the 75 top best liberal arts colleges in the country. Spelman boasts a 77% graduation rate, the highest among black colleges, according to the Journal of Blacks in Higher Education. Congratulations, Spelman. Black college students are on the front line of their Darfur advocacy efforts. They are lifting their voices in the outcry over the genocide going on over in Darfur, Sudan. More than 400,000 people have been killed by the Sudanese government forces and armed militia over the last five years, and an estimated 2.5 million people have been displaced. The Darfur Holocaust did not begin overnight. It was born out of a history of tradition of brutality in which formal National Islamic Front regime made up of Arabs, mostly now the National Congress Party of the government of Sudan, made up of 90% indigenous Africans based in the capital of Sudan, which is Khartoum, has systematically decided to destroy different indigenous African populations. The crisis started in 2002 when rebels made up of mostly ethnic African farmers attacked government outposts in a quest for more power in their land. The Sudanese government repressed the insurgency by bombing villages and arming Arab henchmen and Janjaweed guerrillas who had a history of land disputes with the farmers. And it has not stopped to this day. In 2004, the USA declared the atrocities in Darfur genocide. To get involved in the relief efforts along with the HBCUs, visit SaintsForSudan.com or SaveDarfur.com. Hello is the hot new single, Blazing Clubs, Radio, and Mixtapes across the country. Kalo Entertainment artist, Ms. Brittany Elise, repping Cleveland, Ohio, is ready to turn the heat up on the music industry. This fall with her lead single, simply titled Hello. remember Miss Brittany Elise from her very popular debut single, Satisfied. Brittany Elise's new single, Hello, has garnered national airplay and is available now on iTunes. Follow Miss Brittany Elise on Twitter and download her mixtape on her official site, www.brittanyelise.com. That's B-R-I-T-N-I-E-L-I-S-E.com. That's going to do it for this edition of Direct Effects, y'all. It's a wrap. Make sure you check us out on that Black College Tour. We got a couple of campuses. We're down with the BET Tour. We have the Toyota TGI Green Initiative. Think green. Visit toyotagreen.com. Enter your best green initiative and win a new 2011 Toyota Prius. All right? That's right, toyotagreen.com. All right, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. It's your boy right here, Lamar Blackman. Go. It's Spongebob's video. We're going to be looking you. Looking you. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, the chocolate room. Hello.
new neighbor. Don't be alarmed, we're Negroes. Yeah, yeah. Check it out, you ain't about to go take it there, yeah, yeah. Oh, 
100% on board from the pearly gates, fuck them I didn't wanna go to heaven anyway But my mama got me on my knees with my hands gripped Talking about some praise the Lord shit Hail Mary fucker, I never knew her I probably screw her and dump her body in the sewer Our father, my pops stuck up those spots Big black and mean with the fifth by the gabardines What you expected from his next to kin uh, I'm loco bro, but ain't no Mexican I got nines in the bedroom, blocks in the kitchen A shoddy by the shower if they wanna shoot me while I'm shitting The lesson from the Smith & Wesson is depressing Niggas keep stressing the same motherfucking question How many shots does it take to make my heart stop And my body start to shake, Ron G, stop I be that young, pretty, fly, smooth, glorious kid A bad boy just like Notorious Big A Rockefeller like Sean Carter With more games than Ron Harper The bones spark a rapper slash Sean Rubber While y'all be on the corners bumming and high I be out buying the finest shit money can buy You wish you was in the position that I'm in Hot rhyming, diamond shining, autograph signing My lifestyle is far out Every week bring a different car out I go to nightclubs and ride a bar out Oh, uh, cause I keep cream I'm large on the street scene Every time I touch mics you hear all the freaks scream Yeah, yeah, Big L, Harlem's finest Yeah, the nigga who hold it down for uptown <laughs> It's how we do it out here on this underground real shit, nigga It's the heat, nigga Now rewind this motherfucker, you know you can't help it Got rules to a 
abide by the games and force. OG nigga, certain lines can't be crossed. New Jersey in the house tonight, 280 West. Rub me the wrong way, just getting the dress. Straight from the cuckoo's nest, big bird shitting and pissing. Drop a bomb on your ass, I'm not known for missing. While the world is spinning, I'm just grinning, doing what I do. What I do, I do. I'm too busy to be caught up and concerned with you. with you. But if you get my attention, I lays it down straight to the point and don't F around. Touche, make the all day. Guess who stepped in the room? Right here on the Fuse Box Radio. Serious up to no good, can't go for no progress, at least a stress. Mess when we step, you get your next snap. When a flow reacts on a next level track. We heard your footsteps in a city where the sun don't shine. Rain and fiction laugh forever when it's the race upon the nine. Ruckers open your mind and organize. I sit back in my bed, watch Bill and Ted. Make sure my days is excellent before my eyes get red. Uh, a professor, teaching rappers without the lecture. My texture move 40 yards like race tracks without the measure. My crew come better, better come with crews that be setters. Setting beef, I'm known for being that rhyme jetter you can't defeat. Something that was made to never die, I'm here for a reason. That's why God trusted now. I'ma show you, checkmate your king, overthrow you You crown me king like checkers, jump and blow you Way out, stay out, my night's out to put your day out I'm losing it, confusing it, next level mentality to add on Don't take away reality, I'm using it But most don't agree with these tactics The final season, the middle of four wars on their knees Cause I freaked it backwards, backwards how I freak it Peep it, my sanity helps me live it and speak it Frequent, slowly I can capture criminal raptures The master blowing them seeds with minimal patches of rappers be the malfunction Cause the funk be hard to jump just like the junction Click policies Don't trust makes slaves get broken when they step up to these You best to take heed for that Jump funk on tracks, get down for stacks My crew can't go for that, and to be exact My gambling staff stay with a map The pimp on whack, head for attack, can't find no map Melody be in me, I see Jump funk and funk and be jumping Killing styles instantly Dive out the hitman for hire Set on whack, crews on fire Bow down to your lyrical musical sire DRP extraordinaire Kick snares in your ear until your jams be deaf Who's left? Cardiac arrest my chest like DT to a close, close it all, put that raw style in the game, froze it all, sew it all, I boil down to this, basically facing me, you're mistakenly ludicrous, I ain't new to this.
are now listening to the Fuse Box with John Judah. Make 
sure intentions are pure Cause like the saying goes, all fair in love and war They wanna try to dead a brother for My bags are packed, I'm about to head out on another tour While back home, all the shorties learn to pack Rome They catch you slipping, you could get hit To the back of your dome, the New York blocks are still scorching Word up, and it's the same down in Philly And the same up in Boston Down south and out west, some don't move without vests I feel a couple of rappers, but I doubt the rest Cause I can tell they don't know what they're in it for They know their whole steez is weak But won't even admit it or Don't wanna play the game by the rules So again, the blind leads the blind, the fool is led by the fools And picture me not setting it straight, uh That's like a fat kid at a cookout, not getting a plate, so bring it on What the fuck is, no, who's the best? Come on, kid Call me Bring it on if you think you can hang And if not, then let me do my thing uh. Hey yo, I'm humble and calm, but I still rumble and bomb Any fugazi lazy rapper, I crumble in my palm They play roles And they could never rock me I'm well protected, well connected And I brought Kamachi About to take ours back From the culture stealers Cause we'll never see power Unless we let our culture heal us The strongest people Call us the sole survivors So beware the burning sands And the molten lava Yo, the God known to control Every cycle and season It's my holy land Commercial ass disciples is leaving But I hit them with this Automatic rifle I'm breathing And send they souls Right back to the spiritual regions My show get a listener's A miracle evening Mary's womb is the spot that That my voice was conceived in Now understand me and what you should believe in Don't care about my wrist long as my yeah. mental is status. Bring it on if you think you can hang And if not, then let me do my thing And if not, then let me do my thing And if not, then let me do my thing Rocco Rosanna Dana, a.k.a. J. Judy. We about to take it there, fuse box, you know what I'm saying? We about to get on down.
Rock Radio.
Box Radio.
like, you know, they really get it in. They really just, they get it in. You know, they get it in. Rosanna Dana, this got with fuse box. You about to take it there, yes, sir.
You know, everything we're gonna do gonna be fun. So check it out, world. Fusebox Radio, probably rock every boy and girl. I.
You are now listening to the Fuse Box with John Judah. I'm 
mind was trapped But I'm here to break away the chains Take away the pain Remake the brain Rebuild my name Here's a lesson if you're guessing and following
You are now listening to the Fuse Box with John Judah.
think you'll agree, it's dynamite. That's all the time we have tonight. Join us next time. Good night. <laughs>